The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good day, and welcome to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by www.us.cision.com, whose world-famous Bacon's Media Database is updated more than 10,000 times per day. Take your PR to the next level. Now, here's your host, Maureen Kettis. Good afternoon. Welcome to PR Insider. I am Maureen Kettis, as the man said. And today's show is called Talking Trash, and we're not having a dirty mouth. So don't worry about that. We're actually talking about the business of garbage. And I know it sounds weird, but stay tuned because this is pretty cool stuff. I have two guests. Raina Pereira, is she's Senior Environmental Engineer with the City of Los Angeles, and we are big polluters here, I'm sure. She has a BS degree in Civil Engineering from Cal State Polytechnic, and she's a registered professional engineer in the state of California. And she's worked with the Department of Public Works Bureau of Sanitation for 19 years, so she knows a lot about garbage. And she's worked in such uh, areas as industrial waste management, uh, design, construction, and closure of landfills, park development projects, wastewater treatment and storm water management, sustainability, and master planning. And she's currently the project manager for the city's Solid Waste Integrated Resources Plan, which is called SWERP. So I'm sure after we're all twerping, we're going to be swerping. Um, and it hopefully will lead the city towards achieving zero waste within the next 20 years. And my second guest, Chip Clements, Clements sorry, president and founder of Clements Environmental Corporation, and he has over 30 years of experience in the environmental field and has managed more than 150 projects, which he'll explain to us. Uh, he oversees all aspects of business development, project performance, client liaison, and administration, and he's an expert in the development of solid waste transfer stations material recovery facilities, which are called MRFs. We're going to learn all about that. And solid waste management, including innovative alternative technologies, technologies, recycling, composting, wastewater treatment and reuse, industrial waste minimization, and the list goes on. Welcome, both of you. Thanks, well, Maureen. Thank you. Glad Did to I be do here. okay? Because I know nothing about garbage. <laughs> well, we all make it, so you know that much about it. <laughs> well, I have been recycling since I was born, so that's good. At least I'm... <laughs> taking my carbon footprint a little bit off the map. So um, first of all, tell me, I want to, you know, we're going to definitely relate this to public relations because it's, you know, people are saying, why are you having on trash people on your show? Well, there's, a, there's the business of selling uh, the idea of what you do to the public, and that's certainly public relations. Um, but first of all, how did the two of you um, get to know each other? Well, you mentioned well, that, that SWERP project uh, that the city of L.A. is doing. That's their, their project to uh, come up with a plan and, and actions to reach zero waste. And, and Raina is actually the project manager for the city, and, and I'm uh, one of the folks on the consulting team mm-hmm. that's helping the city. And I think, Raina, we've worked together like two or three years on it already and, and have a few more years to go. Yeah, that's right. SWERP uh, is the zero waste plan for the city, and... Um, we have an incredible um, team of uh, consultants, and as you, you read off just some of uh, Chip's qualifications, you know, with his 30 years of experience, 
um, we have um, a great team that we we hope will um, work with the community, and that's that's the the key part um, of the the city zero waste planning effort. It is stakeholder driven, and um, we're encouraging feedback, input, ideas from um, from stakeholders, which really range from you know business owners, um, the residents, community leaders, um, neighborhood council leaders. Um, basically, my motto is: if you live, work, or play in LA, then you need to be part of the zero waste planning effort because um, really all of us together will get to that zero waste goal, and we really need participation. And of course, um, public outreach is huge. You know, it's it's the the biggest um, uh, key to to our success, as well as you know, messaging and uh, getting the word out about all that the city does. Because one of the key things we found through um, through the stakeholder process was that um, a lot of the community folks weren't even aware of all the programs that the city offers. Um, so, you know, um, when you say stakeholders, who who do you mean? So, as I mentioned, really everybody can be part of this process: business owners, residents, um, uh, various groups, nonprofit organizations. Uh, we have over. 3,000 people that have engaged um, in our zero-waste planning effort, and it's really uh, across the board. It's everybody because we all generate trash, and we all need to take responsibility for how we manage it and uh, ensuring that what all everything that can get recycled does get recycled. And um, a lot of people out there aren't aware of everything that can be recycled. So a lot of that stuff is actually being landfilled right now. So it's just really um, educating people to, to do the right thing, wouldn't you say, Chip? Yeah, I did, absolutely. I think, Maureen, one of the amazing things about this city a process was the entire first year of this project was spent on education and outreach, which is pretty much unheard of, you know, sort of in the old days of of dealing with um, not only our trash but wastewater and those kinds of things. It was more driven by the actual engineering and what do we need to build and Mm -hmm. what systems do we have to put in place. And only after we'd sort of figured everything out would we go out and and attempt to sell sell the projects to the public, and whether that's a a public uh, or a private-type project. But things have changed incredibly now, and the, the actual PR the outreach, the education is the number one thing in developing these any projects. I don't care if it's a, a condominium or a shopping center or a recycling plant. Mm-hmm. Like we work on the uh, the public interface, I think, is the absolute number one uh, element, even beyond the engineering and that type of thing, because if you don't have that piece in place, you, you don't have a project now. So, And it also seems like, I mean, it doesn't seem illogical to me. It seems logical because it seems as though the technology uh, had to be perfected before, you know, that, that had to be the focus, and now it seems like you, the technology is caught up and the people need to be aware of it. Am yeah, that's right, and we're getting even more, more and more sophisticated technologies that we can talk about as we go on. So, uh, and they're much more complex. You know, we can generate energy from our trash now. We can actually make uh, transportation fuel um, from our trash, and so these are complex projects. This is beyond our normal recycling and composting, and we're still doing lots of that. But 
the complexity of these uh, makes that that public relations even more important because people don't understand what they, these new plants would be and they're worried about the health effects or what, whatever it might be. So uh, I think even, uh, even more than, than before, the outreach is critical. And if you get off on the wrong foot, if, if, the, if misinformation goes out there, then that is a real problem. And that's happened uh, to us in the past, so we realize we need to be out first with with the message, you know, whether it's from the city or private sector developing uh, these facilities, you have to be real proactive and go out way before the project so that the right information goes out and people understand what you're doing. And, and then we found um, in all these meetings that Raina was, was uh, managing where we went out and had all these stakeholder meetings and public workshops. So when people really understand what we're trying to do and that it's for the city and it's for their communities, they're actually very you know, willing to, to uh, support the projects and, and, e- and even have facilities in their communities, which uh, is the real hurdle. We have to build infrastructure to do, uh, you know, to be zero waste or to be able to convert um, our waste to energy and, and that type of thing. So uh, being able to sell real facilities in the communities is what it's all about. What was the biggest uh, misunderstanding? What is your biggest problem in convincing the public? What is your, you know, the thing that people are fear most and the heart, biggest hurdle that you have to overcome? Well, well I, I think, think okay, I mean, Raina, go ahead. Go ahead, Raina. As far as zero waste goes, I mean, conceptually, no one's going to be against zero waste. But um, as you start unfolding what, what zero waste actually means, and as Chip mentioned, you know, in order to, to get to that goal, eventually we're going to need um, infrastructure so we can recycle um, more things that currently don't have markets, recyclable markets for right now. Um, you know, we need to establish composting facilities if we're going to take, like, food scraps out of our, uh, our waste stream and, um, put, you know, and reuse it and get compost as the, the end product. Um, Chip also talked about, you know, future alternative technology facilities where, um, you know, you're, probab- you're, you're possibly taking waste that would typically go to a landfill and converting it into energy or recovering resources um, from, uh, from that, whatever that technology ends up being. So um, inherently the, the concept of zero waste is, is a good thing, but of course nobody likes facilities in their local neighborhood leave aside waste or um, what we call solid resources, because we like to look at it as a resource rather than a waste uh-huh. um, in, in their neighborhoods. And, um, but what through this um, SWOOP stakeholder effort, they were actually amenable and open to small-scale neighborhood-type um, like composting facilities that maybe you know, the local community t- could take ownership of and, and Start planting local gardens and uh, and stuff like that. So so local small scale facilities were, were more acceptable. The bigger ones, I think, no matter what type of facility, you know, there's always going to be um, a public perception, especially when you're dealing with trash, right. 
that nobody ideally wants it in, in their backyard. Right, and, and your whole concept of, you know, calling waste a resource is, you know, people are like, don't give me that, it's garbage. <laughs> I hear it. Exactly. But I, mean, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing if, it, if, you know, it's an amazing PR accomplishment if you can change the minds of most people. I don't think you'll ever change the minds of all people. And just, we have one minute to break. Just give me the slug line definition of what zero waste means for those of us who are ignorant, <laughs> like myself. And- and we we define it as being as close to 90% diversion from a landfill, so recovering 90% of the waste and then having that 10% of residual waste um, being landfills that really has no beneficial use to it. Okay, so there's always going to be some. Percentage. Right. Right, but 90%. Wow, that's an amazing uh, achievement. And are we are is Los Angeles the only city working on this? Well, no, there are a lot of other cities working on it. However, the city is at 65% diversion from landfills, wow. which is more than any of the nation's 10 largest cities. Wow. Hey, something to be proud of, Angelino. We're very proud of <laughs> Of course, we're a national show, so we've got to get our other states uh, up on board. All right, this is your host, Maureen Kettis, and we will be back in a minute with our guests, Raina Pereira and Chip Clements. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports 
Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you looking for a show to help you increase your sales and subsequently your income? Want to know what works and what doesn't? Do you want to have some fun and learn at the same time? Listen for Let's Talk Sales to Increase Your Income with Len and Jack. Yep, it's a long title, but it's designed to educate you, the effective sales professional. Each week, hosts Len DiNincenzo and Jack Cullen will help you stay focused on doing the basics of your trade consistently well. Tune in Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to PR Insider with your host Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show welcome back again to pr insider thank you for tuning in and don't forget to email me like the man said i will uh read your question on the air um i'm on again with reina Pereira and chip clements and we've been talking about trash <laughs> zero waste and we're not calling it trash we're calling it a resource now so um tell me you know is i know los angeles um you said we're at 65 percent um, which is amazing. I had no idea it was that good. What are some of the other winning uh, cities around the country doing? And I heard something about Cairo or Egypt was doing something unique. Or I don't know if you heard about that. No? Hello? Yeah. No, I think, <laughs> so, we're thinking. Okay. Uh, well, well oh, I, I mean, uh, I've mentioned the 65% diversion, and uh, we just know that it's 12% higher than the state average of what other – uh, cities are doing, and then 25% higher than the national average. So um, we're pretty proud of that. Uh, just locally, I know that the smaller cities like San Francisco and Seattle um, are doing really, really well um, with their recycling efforts. They're around. Now, in like, terms of PR, if you think about it, those are the cities that you would expect to do well, right? I mean, if you think about sort of the culture of San Francisco and the culture of Seattle, that it makes a lot of sense. So, so is like what Chip was saying earlier about PR being the most important thing now. Um, and during the break, he was mentioning, it, you know, if you're looking for a job in PR and you want to get you know, on, the, on the forefront of something new, this is the area. So that's interesting that those two cities would be doing well. Yeah, absolutely. I think you bring up a good point because it really does depend on um, on the city. And you know, one of the the challenges of the city of LA is the diversity and um, uh, the ethnicity and and being that we're so spread out, our population is 4 million, and uh, we, we find that typically um, the more affluent areas tend to recycle a lot more and, um, and, and want more programs and want it now. And then the, uh, the lesser affluent areas of the city, you know, we, we have to, to work harder with the education campaigns and um, just having them consistently 
do the right thing. Right, and they've got bigger fish to fry, so they're thinking about, you know, where they're going to get their next meal. They could care less about the, you know, McDonald's packaging that they just... Exactly, that's exactly right. That's, uh, you know, it's it's all about education, really. It's not about uh, money. It's about money for education. That's Uh, the key. You you know, Maureen, I think that's true, too, that some of these cities that that have led the charge in, uh, you know, in this whole zero waste and renewable energy have been some of those cities that you associate with uh, sort of a, a higher consciousness on, on these environmental issues like San Francisco and Seattle and other smaller towns like Berkeley and down here Santa Monica and some of these cities out there. But we're finding now that cities across the United States are all involved in, in these similar programs now and, in fact, some of the other cities around the world, you mentioned Cairo. I don't know that one in particular, but I know, for example, in the European Union that they are actually way ahead of us on most of this diversion from landfills, and they've enacted much more draconian measures to to reach this zero waste and to pull their material out of the landfills to convert to energy and fuels. And uh, part of that's because they don't have big landfills and they don't, have their own energy resources like we do. So there's been some driving forces over there that, that we haven't had yet. But it's really a worldwide phenomenon at this point. And uh, as Raina said, you know, just in L.A. here, we've, we've been particularly focused on this for, you know, at least the last five years and maybe longer than that. So but, uh, it's, it's by no means just the cities that, you know, that you would think would have a, a higher consciousness or more or public caring about this. It's pretty much a global deal now. So if, you know, because I, I know in Europe they have, you know, in every street corner like in Germany or France, they have, a, you know, the bins that are set aside for different kinds of recycling. So, you know, this is for wet trash, this is for cans, this is for bottles. I mean, they have it just on the street, and this, the, the city has paid, and the government has paid for all that. What is, does our government, why, don't, why doesn't Los Angeles have more bins like that on every corner? Especially yes. in, in urban areas, you know, where people maybe aren't getting the word. Right. I mean, that was certainly uh, some of the feedback that we got from the community um, with the first year of our planning effort. They wanted it to be convenient. They wanted recycle bins, like, next to every, like, trash can at uh, in parks and on public streets and, um, you know, even public facilities. And that's something that, you know, of course... Um, We'll take money and we'll take effort to roll out. Um, one of our challenges with putting these recycle bins um, in public places is uh, the scavenging issue. And um, because, that, because the recycling pays the, for the, the money that you get from the recycling pays for the project, is that correct? And then if you have scavenging, you have homeless people that are taking the, those funds that's right. away from the city. Yeah, and um, it, exactly. That's a dile- and that's a PR dilemma because you want to help the homeless people survive, yet we need the city needs the money to pay for the recycling. Right. So what, what would you do? What would you you know if you had a you know someone who was in charge of that project? Uh, you know what what you how would what how would they undertake that? Let's say they, their their project is to go into um, a neighborhood that's. Uh, not recycling, uh, maybe a poorer neighborhood. And what kind of a campaign do you envision? Chip, maybe you want to take a stab at it? Well, you know, historically, I think the way that 
not only L.A., but the other cities have looked at it as if it's, uh, you know, really just sort of individual homeless people and, and they're, you know, scavenging material from some bins and so on. They've tended to just sort of look the other way and say, hey, these people need the money as well, and, you know, we're trying to support them as long as they don't create a nuisance or make a mess and, and that stuff. It's the more organized Scavengers. I mean, there's literally people with big pickup trucks and so on that drive down the streets on the recyclable collection day and just scavenge everything on the street. Mm-hmm. So it's like a business. Those are the ones that the cities have, have tended to crack down on. But it, it's a difficult situation because you want to show mm-hmm. compassion for homeless people that are really desperate and they, you know, they need the, the income from these cans. And, 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 but being able to keep the program going, as you say, so... A lot of times they'll make that differentiation. If, if you're making a business out of this, then that's not legal. So, Raina, has the city ever thought of, um, I'm sure they have, I'm sure I didn't think of something brilliant on this show, but <laughs> have they ever thought of making allies out of these people that are running these, um, you know, fly-by-night businesses and or the homeless people who are scavenging? Is there a way to make, make them partners as opposed to combatants? That's an interesting thought, and, um, you know, certainly partnerships are always a good thing because, you know, as Chip mentioned, we, we do want to go out um, more after the uh, big outfits that are doing it on a commercial level rather than the, the homeless guy on the street. Um, but, you know, there was suggestions of working with, like, nonprofit organizations and, um, you know, uh, trying to partner with um some of these companies, but really we haven't, um, you know, we haven't pursued that yet. It seems like, I mean, it seems like it would be a, a, you know, a wonderful thing to do, and I think that could be a wonderful PR message, you know, right? Talk about putting a good face on what this, you know, city is doing. You know what they do? There is a lot of partnership is um, more in the commercial sector, like a lot of our recycling plants, some of them focus on, our blue can material that's coming from our homes and so on, but there's a lot of recycling in the commercial sector from our businesses and industries, and those the plants that receive that cardboard and paper and and mostly fiber that kind of, they rely on individual people to go out and collect that cardboard and and bring it in. So there is partnership, you know, on, in some of those programs where it, it is more of an issue is on the city sponsored curbside residential program. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's challenging. It's, it's uh, a hard issue. But there are partnerships, and, and uh, I know some of these paper recycling companies really support these commercial scavengers. It's, uh, you know, they'll, they'll help them get their insurance for their cars. I mean, it's like a little fleet of uh, vehicles going out and picking up this stuff. So it, it's, a, it's an amazing industry. But I, I agree with you. There's some aspects that are very difficult in the PR, and how do you – how do you represent this without looking like you're being cruel to the homeless people? And, uh, and some of it doesn't have an easy answer, I can tell you that. I think it's, you know, it's creating uh, opportunity. I mean, it's, it seems like it's an opportunity to have a wonderful um, focus on, your, on how you're relating to the public. I mean, that's the definition of it, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. So I'm, uh, we're going to take a break in a minute. Um, I, I've been talking with my wonderful guests, Raina Pereira and Chip Clements. And Raina's uh, website is www.zerowastelacity.org. And Chip, you can find him at 
clementsenvironmental.com, and we will be back in a minute after a break. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready to get freed up? Join Dr. Jennifer Freed, one of America's leading psychological thinkers, for a groundbreaking program with fascinating guests and full participation from you. Freed Up will explore topics like liberation in long-term relationships, parenting in the 21st century, comfort in stressful times, and much more. Tune in to Freed Up every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and wake up to the heartbeat of your life. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to PR Insider. I'm your host, Marie Kettis, and I'm back again with Raina Pereira. Um, she's from the city of Los Angeles. She's a senior environmental engineer, and her website, I said it wrong uh, before the break, and it's zerowaste.lacity.org. I forgot the dot. And Chip Clements. He's president and founder of Clements Environmental Corporation, and that's clementsenvironmental.com, all spelled out. So we started getting into it, of course, during the break, but um, 
tell me, I want to find, I want to learn some of these terms because you, you, you garbage people, <laughs> you resources people, that's what I'm going to call you, uh, use a lot of, uh, you know, terminology that uh, us lay people don't know. So what is, uh, Chip, what is environmental justice? Uh, environmental justice is, it comes from the, the fact that many uh, of our heavier industrial and more impactful uh, type facilities, and it doesn't have to just be in, in solid waste and recycling. It could be a wastewater treatment plant. It could be a prison. It could be an airport. Have tended to concentrate in our cities in certain areas, and they tend to be the lower-income areas uh, where the zoning has more industrial zoning in it. And environmental justice is the attempt to spread these types of, of uses around in the city so they aren't all concentrated in one community, so the, the impacts of truck traffic or, or air, air emissions or whatever it might be aren't, aren't focused on, on just a few of the people, that it's more of a shared uh, burden, so to speak. And, uh, and that's where it comes from. So now whenever we look to, to develop a new facility, so as, as part of our SWERP zero waste plan, we need more recycling plants, we need more composting, we need more of our new conversion technologies to generate renewable energy. So when we look for where we're going to put these facilities, we, we want to be able to do it so it's a more equal distribution around the city rather than just having it focused in a few areas like the harbor or around LAX or in this area up here in the valley called Sun Valley, the eastern San Fernando Valley, so that, as I say, it's more of a shared um, societal system rather than having it concentrated. The problem that we do run into is that our facilities are industrial. We do have trucking. Um, you know, we're, we're handling trash. We're, we're sorting recyclables. And, and those really should go in our heavy industrial zones. So they tend, because of our zoning, to automatically focus in these certain areas. And, and I think that that's sort of a problem. But what we've done in L.A. and what we're striving for is we've, we've opened up some of the other zones that could accept uh, these types of facilities, and we're making them smaller. As Raina said, when we went out and spent a year talking to people in L.A. about what they wanted and what, what they would support, uh, what we really got back was they would be supportive of smaller sort of neighborhood community-sized facilities that are friendlier sort of in the community, have less truck traffic and so on. And I think that's one way we're going to uh, sort of solve this issue of of big industrial plants all having to go in the heavy industrial areas. If we make them smaller, less impactful, uh, we found from our communities that they'd be willing to have those because they want to recycle. They want to do the right thing. They just don't want it to have a big impact on them, obviously. But it is, it's a hard uh, issue. It's not an easy answer. So, 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 Raina, what are some of the, you know, the advertising methods or outreach methods that the city uses to notify the residents of the different recycling programs? What, you know, how specifically, you know, our listeners are a lot of publicists and marketing people. How, how specifically are we reaching the public? Okay, well, we, um, we actually, of course, try a lot of different things. And, uh, of course, advertising is not cheap, so the city tries to... Uh, to try and keep it all within budget and everything. But I can list off some of the things. Um, for example, we have one call to City Hall. So if anyone has a question on what to do with um, any of their waste, um, you know, like they've got a couch that they want to dispose of and they don't know how to, how to handle it, they can call 311 if 
if they live in the city. And um, we also have our website, which you had mentioned, um, and our Bureau of Sanitation website that they can refer to. We're also just um, looking into um, using Facebook a lot more to get the word out and keep, um, keep our residents informed of all our new programs and our pilot studies um, that we're implementing uh, to... Let's give your Facebook address. It's facebook.com forward slash LA Recycles. Is that correct? That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank so you. How many, I mean, people are, this it, blows my mind, people are, are, are Facebooking, I mean, and, and really following, or how, is it working? Are these methods working? It is. We're not completely out there. and in, in fact, um, our zero waste message, we're hoping to, to get that out there next week, actually. Mm-hmm. So, um, but... I believe there are about 500 friends that we have, and of course, you know, with a city of this size, we'd like would like that to be a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a way to kind of stay in touch, and if people have questions or, or comments, you know, it's it's just a direct way to link into us. Um, of course, we use the mailers, um, and uh, we also have an ambas- recycling ambassador program where we have what we call our Men in Blue that go and, and do, like, spot inspections of um, the, the green trimmings, the trash and the recycle bin, and then they leave a report card with, with the resident to let them know how good a job they're doing or, or what areas that they can improve on if they find, like, a plastic bottle and the trash can that should be in, in the recycle bin. And, and so people have looked very favorably at that because it's the personal connection and, and it allows us to provide education and then also answer questions um, when, when our guys are out there. Um, and then we also do a newspaper supplement through the Daily News, like an Earth Day supplement every year that, that talks about a lot of our different recycling programs um, that we have and basically updates people on, um, you know, websites or contact information um, and uh, different locations where they can collect free mulch um, from from our yard uh, yard trimmings collection, the city actually processes um, the uh, the green waste into mulch and then returns that back to the community where you can come in and you know with with a truck and and, and just shovel up as much mulch you need for your garden and it's kind of like closing the loop on on recycling where we're giving that end product back to the community, so people have loved that. We also did a, um, a huge New to the Blue recycling campaign in um, 2006 where we, uh, for, with the bus shelters and, and um, on the buses with the, the rats, which were, were very successful. But again, I think our, our biggest dilemma is, you know, keeping that message consistent and out there because... What we've found um, is that when when people um, are directly hearing or seeing the message, they they are aware. But then a month or two later, if we go back to a same, the same neighborhood that perhaps our recycling ambassadors were at two months earlier, their bat you know. Uh, Recycle rates have gone back down again. Right, and I, I think you know we were talking earlier about convenience. I mean, one of the things I notice is you know my neighborhood makes it really convenient. You know, you just it's 
they take everything. Um, but uh, I have a friend who has an apartment, and they don't recycle at all. So what's going on with Chip? Do you know what's going on with apartments in Los Angeles? Because that's a big problem. Yeah, we had talked about it a little during the break, but the city of L.A. actually has, I would say it's the largest apartment recycling program in the country. I don't know, Raina might know the actual statistics, but it's, it's been a very difficult sector uh, in all our cities to recycle. The easiest one's probably the single-family homes. That's why you see all these curbside recycling programs. But in the apartments, it's been much more difficult because, number one, we have a transient population. People move in. They learn about the program and something, but then they move out, and someone else moves in. They don't know what it is. Um, most of our apartments were not designed for recycling, so whereas they might have a trash chute at the end of their, their hallway, they don't have a recycling chute, so they've only got one bin you know, down in the garage typically, and they haven't had space to put another bin in. So even if we wanted to put a blue bin you know, in the apartments, there wasn't room for it. So... Uh, but the city of L.A. Has, has launched this huge program, and I think, Raina, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think all the apartment units are close to it, have access to recycling now, where we've got small wheelie blue bins like we have at our, our houses in the apartments, and they've done a big outreach program. But I think it is difficult to get the high levels of recycling that we're, we're trying to achieve, but... Um, you know, but, we're, I mean, it, we're you doing know, our best. It's like if you could make it a requirement that every apartment building has it and then just have, like, a tag that they leave next to, you know, tag that they leave next to the chute, and they just wrap the tag around their garbage plastic bag, and then you know that's the recycling one. And it seems like an easy thing to do, just to require the, anybody with more than eight units has to have these tags next to their trash chute, and boom. No? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> like it's simple. The, the shoot concept, because then you, you just need the one shoot and yeah. the guy down below is... is and you um, see the tag on the bag, and it doesn't require even the, the uh, homeowners to buy anything. That's right. Yeah, the city the of L.A., as Chip mentioned, we're really excited about the fact that we have over 420,000 units, um, multifamily units in the city that are participating in a blue bin recycling program. And... Um, I believe we are the, the first city that are, that's offering uh, recycling to all of our multifamily residential sector, so we're real proud of that. Oh, that's great. And that's like 80% of people participating in that. That's good. We need 100%, all right? Right, exactly. <laughs> all right, so uh, we, of course, have to go to our, uh, another break, but uh, when I come back, I want to talk about some of these new alternative technologies that you know, convert into energy. This just sounds so fascinating to me. You take garbage and make it into energy. And I mean, I know uh, the Obama administration's way ahead of schedule, and they're they're working on it. But uh, I want to hear from you guys what uh, you think about it. We'll be back after a break from our sponsor.
the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Webster's Dictionary defines a vertex as the highest point, the summit. The word vertex is derived from Latin, meaning to turn or to spin. If you have a product or service that needs exposure to a desired marketplace, shouldn't the idea be to reach the summit? To turn the tide of public opinion in your favor? To put some positive spin on so that success is in your future? If you run a major corporation and pay for expensive in-house public relations services, or if you're working from home yet need to know how to promote your new product or service, or if you fall somewhere in between, Vertex Communications, a public relations firm, is here to turn the tide on public opinion for you and your product. Vertex Communications, helping you communicate to the Vertex. Contact Vertex Communications at VertexPR.com to get an honest, straightforward assessment of your PR profile and a plan that will work for you, not against you. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-P-R.com. Communicate to the Vertex. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Holistic living is nutrition for not just your body, but your mind and your soul. Holistic nutrition goes far beyond the foods that we eat or the supplements that we take. Discover natural means to heal your body and regain your innate healing powers. That's Holistic Living with Tina Marie Jones on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Tune in for your weekly dose of good holistic living. Business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis, brought to you by Cision on the web at us.cision.com. Maureen and her guests would love to hear from you during the live show. Please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also email your questions to be addressed on the show. Send your email to Maureen at prinsider.biz. That's Maureen at prinsider.biz. Now, back to the show welcome back again to pr insider don't forget we're on 24 7 on demand just go to my host page on voice america business and uh, uh, by the way voice america just launched a green channel so um, maybe you two can be guests on the green channel as well oh cool yeah, yeah, uh, we got to get the word out so just uh just wanted to say before we talk about some of these alternative energies um there is an 800 number if you know someone who lives in an apartment building or if you live in one that doesn't have um a recycling program for multifamily units, call 800-773-2489. That's 773-2489. And the city provides free bins and free collection. 
So that's pretty awesome. I think that's value added for the um, the landlord too, because you can say we have recycling in our building. Yeah, that's got to be in the city of L.A. Though I don't know if the other cities in the area yeah, do that or not. But if you're in the city of L.A., then that that's the number. Right. Um, thank you for doing that. <laughs> Forget about my other my other listeners. Okay, so let's talk about uh, Chip. I want to start with you. Let's talk about some of these um, alternative technologies. Um, and oh, and and Raina as well. Um, you know that recover energy and resources from trash versus landfilling. Yeah, it's actually really amazing what's happened. It's sort of a, a nexus of three key forces at work. You know, number one is our drive for this zero waste, you know, and that's where we've we've been working on that for a while with our recycling and composting and and trying to divert our resources from the landfill in, into beneficial use. So that's one that was kind of the first one, but another force now behind these new technologies is renewable energy. You know, as you know, in the country as a whole and from the president on down, we're saying we need renewable domestic energy. So we don't need to get oil from all these countries around the world. We have our own energy supply. That's the second one. And the third thing is global warming. And we all know that we're trying to reduce our carbon uh, emissions and so on and, and reverse this climate change and so on. Well, these new technologies that basically convert our solid waste into either electricity is one thing they can do, or they can convert it into different uh, transportation fuels like ethanol, uh, synthetic diesel fuels, and actually fuel for our trucks and cars, uh, or into chemicals and, and other uses. But the two big ones are electricity and fuel. So here we take our waste, we divert it from the landfill, so it's, quote, recycled. We convert it into renewable energy of one form or the other, and in the process, it reduces greenhouse gases. So we're, we're working to uh, cool the planet, so to speak. So those three forces together have really, uh, really supported the, the growth of this new industry, which are these technologies of which there's many different types of that do the actual conversion. Uh, and the city of L.A. was one of the very first out of the chute uh, a few years ago to say, hey, maybe this is another piece of our overall a resource management plan, and, and I think the city of L.A. is is, is probably in first place at this point as, the, as developing the first one of these facilities, and Raina can, can say a little of that. But that's what's exciting, and um, cities and counties and private uh, people in the industry throughout the state of California are all looking at the feasibility of these plants and where could they put them, and, of course, that's where this PR and outreach really comes in to play is when we cite these new facilities that people don't know about them, they might be afraid of them. So there's a lot of, a lot of public relations that comes in on that part of it. Yeah, and, and, and also the misconception, I think, L.A., you know, to everybody outside of L.A., L.A. is considered this big polluter and this big, you know, it's a dirty city. You know, there's still that reputation, and I think that all needs, that's a big opportunity for a publicist to come in and switch that around. Um, so, Raina, what's your take on all these new technologies that uh, con- convert uh, garbage into energy? I just love it. Yeah, we're, we're really excited. We're in the middle of actually evaluating um, uh, some proposals that were submitted on this new technology, and uh, we're hoping that, you know, within the next um, uh, few months or so, we'll be moving forward with um, negotiating um, with one of the uh, development partners but, um, you know, as, as Chip mentioned, there are a lot of benefits um, from our current practice of landfilling. You know, you're reducing greenhouse gases. 
you're recovering resources, you're converting um, uh, the end product into either electricity or biofuel, mm -hmm. as opposed to really just burying it in a landfill, and then that's the end, end of it. And then landfills also produce methane, which is, um, yes. which is a known potential green, well, a known potent greenhouse gas that accounts for approximately 23% of the to total methane emissions in the nation. Wow. So, you know. I heard the Roman ruins still emit uh, some kind of black sludge with methane some, from, the, from the Roman times, from their landfills, before they had plastic. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so if we can get rid of landfills, my God, I mean, or, or at least eliminate them. Right, and I think, like, um, as again, Chip mentioned, you know, the public perception of these facilities and the, the, the perception that's ingrained in so many people's mind about the old waste-to-energy facilities and the black billowing uh, smoke cloud coming out of the smokestack, um, that's obviously not what the city's intent is. You know, we, uh, the benefits are going to be creating new green jobs you know, local jobs, uh, perhaps providing um, community college and college curriculums for some of the, the technical jobs that um, these facilities would need, and um, also providing um, local community grants back to the community um, that would host one of these facilities. And, and also, you know, the, the city, through its um, council, Council's Renew LA plan has called for um, up to seven, uh, seven alternative technology facilities um, within the city, and we have six, because the city is so vast, we have six different um, collection districts um, that the city's broken up into, and, you know, we were talking about environmental justice earlier, and really each... Um, waste shed or collection district would, uh, the goal is to have like one alternative technology facility in each waste shed. So you're reducing truck traffic, you've got local management of the waste and recovery of, um, you know, renewable energy or whatever the end product ends up being at the local level. And again, you're kind of giving everyone its fair a fair share, and you're not burdening any one community. Right, right. Wow. Well, I could talk about this stuff forever, but um, Justin Jackman, my engineer, is giving me the, oh, you only have, you know, a couple a minute left. So um, if you want to learn more, go to zerowaste.lacity.org, and Reina Pereira, and that's P-E-R-E-I-R-A, was my guest today. And also, if you want to learn more, go to Chip Clements at clementsenvironmental.com. This is your host, Maureen Kettis. And next week we're going to have on Trackle.com. That's a new high-tech way to find it, track it, and share it. It's a real good tool for publicists. We're going to learn how to go through it and, and uh, actually do it on the show. Don't, go, uh, don't forget to go to PRinsider.biz and sign up for our weekly reminders and email your questions and comments. And I want to thank my uh, engineer, Justin, and uh, my host, I mean my <laughs> executive producer, John Missel, and my host myself, uh, and that's it for today. Don't forget to um, relate to your public, whoever they may be.
Thanks again for listening to PR Insider with your host, Maureen Kettis. PR Insider is brought to you by Cision, helping communications experts navigate the sea of social media. Visit them on the web at us.cision.com. And make sure you join us again next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Have a great week. We'll be right back. 